So last night, God gave me this message. Um, the, the breakthrough about Perez, and that, that the word Perez is in the lineage of Jesus. There appears this Perez. The word Perez is the son of Tamar in Judah. And it actually, Matthew chapter 1, I'm just, I'm, that's what I'm reading from. The, the word means breakthrough. So I, I began to read Matthew chapter 1 and God began to speak to me about, listen, Notice, notice how in the, the lineage of Jesus, we have some iconic figures. It, beginning with Abraham, it begins with Abraham. So God's just yesterday, I'm, I'm writing the narrative and God's speaking to me and saying, tell them, tell them about Abraham, but introduce Abraham to them as in the lineage of Jesus, there is this man who was the quintessential altar builder. So I'm, I'm having this conversation with the Holy Spirit going like, so I get Abraham was the father of faith, God, but how is he significant in the lineage of Jesus? And God is telling me, what, can't you see it? This guy, wherever he went, he built altars. Yeah. And I go, what, what do you mean he built altars? So I went back to scripture. I've preached on Abraham all these years, but never on this. This guy, wherever he went, the following phrase showed up. As a matter of fact, it shows up specifically, Hebrew exegete. Don't forget, that's the, the definition, the original scripture of extrapolating the truth from the word, from the original language. It's not made up. It literally says on four different occasions, and Abram built an altar. Built. Wherever he went, he built an altar. It's pretty crazy. Whatever chapter of his life he was going through, he would build an altar. And I'm going like, what does this mean to us? So I'm hearing the Holy Spirit speak to me yesterday about this message that I'm going to preach to you in a sec. I'm going to read you the first. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to, yes. Are there any questions? Let me give you right now. Here Matthew chapter 1. This is the scroll of the lineage and birth of Jesus, the anointed one. Yes, he is. The son of David and the descendant of Abraham. Wow. Abraham was the quintessential altar builder. I want to speak to you on this on the following subject matter, we're going to call it the Christmas Breakthrough Series for the next few Sundays, Christmas Breakthrough. But the first message today is this. Here's the question, 12 o'clock. Do you live to fight or do you live to build? And you may be saying, Pastor Sam, but why do you have to create a dichotomy? Why do you have to split it up? Don't we do both in life? Yeah, but the number one nomenclature or descriptor that best defines you if you see yourself primarily as a fighter instead of a builder, then we're going to have issues. Let me tell you why. Because if all you do in life is fight, if every day you fight, 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 and you may say, but I have a warring spirit. But wait a second. If all you do is fight when, when you're 84 years old and you're retired and you look back, the only legacy you'll have will be a legacy of scars and wounds. Because all you did was fight. Guess what? Guess what? God doesn't want you to be primarily a fighter. God wants you to be like Abraham, a builder. He wants you to build and not just build anything. He wants you to build an altar. I'll explain that in a second. But I'm, and I saw something and I'm going to say, explain to you what I saw. For those of you, again, all the fighters, you can, by the way, you can be a builder that on occasion has to fight to protect what you built. But not a fighter who on occasion builds. And I'm going to speak to everyone here. So you, you that have been fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting if all your life, this is 2018, we're about to step into 2019. Let me speak to you prophetically. You're about to shift from a fighter to a builder. 
No, I know you, you think you got that, but you're going to get it really in about 17 minutes and 31 seconds because God's going to look at you today. He is through his word and spirit, and he's telling you, I'm going to fight while you build. While you build for me, I will fight for you. I'm going to say that one more time. No, no, stop fighting that issue in your family. Stop fighting that issue in your home. Stop fighting that issue in your dream. Stop fighting that issue. God will fight for you. The battle is mine, says the Lord. God will fight for you as long as you build for him. If you take care of the building, he will take care of the fighting. Is anyone ready to build an altar? Is anyone ready to build a legacy? Are you ready to build something that your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children will say, look what the Lord has done? Are you ready to to build something that will last beyond you so are you a builder or a fighter you have to be a builder the, ex the exhortation the clarion call the admonition the spirit of God is tugging in your heart via the conduit of his word and spirit to tell you it's time to build your season of fighting comes to an end right now Second Chronicles 20:15. God will fight for you. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. Do not fear. God will go ahead of you and clear the way and fight for you. Are you with me right now? I'm preaching to three people right now. Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. I will fight for you, says the Lord. All you have to do is be still. Are you with me now? He'll fight for you. But are you willing to build for him? So I'm going to tell you what Abraham did. Abraham... Abram was Abraham. Abram is just Abraham before the official covenant was signed. And Abram's story, he built four altars. Repeat after me, say four altars. Matter of fact, take your hand, go like this. He built four altars. He built an altar of praise, an altar of prayer, an altar of peace, and an altar of provision. Four different altars he constructed. And it all began the moment he left everything behind. There's this man named Abram. He's in this land called Ur, or Ur, with a little pronunciation with a German oops. So it's Ur over here. And it's Ur, Ur. So he lived in Ur. So Abram from Ur. I can't even, I can't do it again even if I wanted to. So like Uber, Ur. So he, he is in this land that you can't pronounce unless you're really drunk. And he's in this land, and true story. So in the land, it was full of many gods. So they would worship gods. I mean, it's called polytheism, many gods. All of a sudden, God speaks to him and tells him, hey, Abram, um, there's only one God, one real God, and it's me. You're in the wrong environment. I'm speaking to you parenthetically now for 21st century contextualizational purposes. And he tells him, your environment is toxic. If I leave you here, you're never going to fulfill your destiny in me. So I'm going to have you, this is going to sound harsh and crude. For if you want me, you're going to have to leave everything behind. Everything? You're going to leave everything. Well, what about my pet? Yup. What about, yup. What about, yup. My friends? Yup. Family, yup. My Starbucks, yup. You're going to leave it all behind. The Bible says that he listened to God. He didn't even know his name. Just the real God. And he takes, he's, this is, takes, takes off, takes off, 
takes off. He gets to a place called Shechem. When he gets to Shechem, Genesis chapter 12, he arrives there and, the, and God says, this is the land I've promised you. And Abram says, let me look at it. And all of a sudden he sees these people called the Canaanites. The Canaanites were rough people, like Raider fans. In a good way, in a good way. Hold on, no, no, don't, this is not like disparagingly. I mean, like you're tough, you know, you don't, you don't mess with the Raider fans. You go to a Raiders game, you better be under the anointing and covering of the blood of Jesus. For real. Like you go to Colorado, a Broncos game, they give out like lattes. Raiders game, oh, ho, ho. you look around. Hey, 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 yeah. So Raiders, there we go, Raiders. Right there. I kid you not, he has a Raiders story. So he looks around, true story. Abram looks around and he goes, oh, um, God, you promised me this, but it's occupied. So God, read it, Genesis chapter 12, it's beautiful. Go to Genesis chapter 12, please, follow me here. So he immediately goes up there, and God, without, without any interruption, God sees Abram go into the land, it's occupied by Canaanites, and God speaks to Abram and says, before you open up your mouth, let me tell you, I got this for you. I got this. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to take care of the enemies. You, got, you have nothing to worry about. So before Abram freaked out, God tells him, be at peace. I got this. So the Bible says that Abram built an altar right there. It was an altar of praise. By the way, his promise was occupied. Look up here. He listens to God. He arrives. And all of a sudden, his promise is occupied. You missed it. His promise was occupied. Someone else was living in his promise. Nope, you missed it. Abram could have easily gone, I miss God. Maybe God is crazy. If not, I'm crazy. Maybe both God and I are both crazy. And I'm going to go back to my land of, so I could go back to that land and go back to my Starbucks. But no, the Bible says he stuck around. I'm going to speak to everybody this year, to everybody who obeyed God. And when you reach your place, there were certain things occupying your blessing. And instead of giving up, that actually motivated you and said, wait a second. Instead of going back, instead of getting depressed, instead of getting discouraged, I'm going to pray a little longer. I'm going to praise a little shout. I'm going to shout a little louder. I'm going to rejoice a little bit more. I'm going to go deeper in my worship. I'm going to be more. Are you with me right now? How many of you went deeper into God because hell came up against you as you were trying to occupy your blessing? How many, instead of giving up, got more radical for Jesus and became more entrenched in the presence and the power of God? So to you who are like Abram, that you were not discouraged by something occupying your blessing. Oh, oh, oh. there's a case. But that's why I want you to prophesy over your kids and your marriage. They, they are the promises of God for you. God says your family will be saved. You and your household. Believe in the Lord Jesus and your household will be saved. And you're saying, but right now they, they don't look saved because there's a Canaanite occupying your blessing. But don't give up on your son. Don't give up on your daughter. Don't give up on your family. Why? The Canaanites are about to be kicked out in the name of Jesus. And God's about to clear the way. And you're about to see the fullness of his promise fulfilled. So he built an altar. It's an altar of praise. Somebody say an altar of praise. An altar of praise. I need, I need, let me, oh boy. Let me just, let me not be, let me not assume anything. If it, if it, if it throughout the course of this year, because of what you've been through and what you've seen and what you witnessed from heaven, if, you, if your hands 
were lifted a little bit higher, raise one hand. If your praise became a little bit longer, raise both hands. If you shout a little bit louder than one year ago, or two years ago, or five years ago, how about this? If the stuff you used to criticize other people for, now you're doing because Jesus did something so big in your life that you have a testimony that only God can explain. Are you with me right now? If you are, if you, if you are doing now the stuff you used to make fun of other people doing, but now you've been through hell, but Jesus was with you and he pulled you out because he built an altar of praise. I'm going to tell you why. Because Christ, Hebrews 13, 10, Christ is our altar. No, he is. You missed it. It's Jesus. Our praise is based on revelation, not imagination. I'm going to repeat that. Our praise is based on revelation, not imagination. I'm going to say that one more time. Our praise is based on testimony and not theory. Our worship is therapeutic and not theoretical. What does that mean? We don't praise based on how we are. We praise based on who he is. Now, I'm going to say this one more time. Hebrews 13, 15. Let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice, sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. So you want to sacrifice for God? Then you open up your mouth. The Bible says continual praise in our lips. You open up your mouth and give him praise and take care of those around you that are in need. You want to really give sacrifice? You really want to sacrifice? Oh, I want to fast seven months. I believe in fasting. It has a spiritual dynamic. But if you really, really want to sacrifice, open up your mouth, give God praise, look at the needs of those around you and address them in the name of Jesus. That's how we change the world. Are you with me? One more time. I don't praise based on how I am. I praise based on who he is. I praise because Jesus is my savior. I praise because Jesus set me free. I praise because he's on the throne. I praise because I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. I praise because the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Are you with me right now? I praise because all of God's promises are yes and amen. Are you with me? I praise because I got up this morning. I praise because I have breath in my lungs. I praise because I can look up. I praise because I can get up. I praise because I had food this morning. There's food at my table. My kids are alive and well. Are you with me right now? I praise because he's been faithful to me. Even when I haven't been faithful to him, he was still faithful to me. That's why I praise him. Because he has been God from the moment I was born till today. He's been good to me even when I haven't been good to myself. Are you with me? Are there any grateful people in the house here today? Let me ask one more time. Are there any grateful people in the house here today? I dare you to open up your mouth and praise him like he's worthy. And praise him like... him for who he is. Praise him because he is Lord. Praise him because he is holy. Praise him because he is powerful. Praise him because he is righteous. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Not 
for what he's about to do for what he already did praise him I dare you to praise him for the blood that he shed. I dare you to praise him for his sacrifice on the cross. I dare you to praise him because on the third day, hey, he came out of the tomb and he gave you and I eternal life. I dare you to praise him because some days later he sent the Holy Spirit. I dare you to praise him for what he's done for who he is. I'm going to build an altar of praise just like Abram. At every chapter, I'm going to build an altar of praise. I'm tired of just praising him on Sundays. I'm going to praise him on Monday. I'm going to praise him on Tuesday. I'm going to praise him on Wednesday. I'm going to praise him on Thursday. I'm going to praise him on Friday. I'm going to praise him on Saturday. I'm tired of just praising him when things are right at home. I'm going to praise him when I look like heaven. And I'm going to praise him when I'm going through hell. But I'm still going to praise him in the good days and in the bad days. The sunny days and the rainy days. All that have breath. church have to get back to the altar we got to get back to the altar I'm gonna say I know Pastor Sam that sounds old school I don't give a holy hoot it's never old school to get on your knees matter of fact you call this old school I'm gonna be old school for the rest of my life there's nothing old about worshiping the presence of Christ there's nothing old about repentance there's nothing old about saying God I messed up there's nothing old about saying God I need you are you with me right now we need to get back to the altar growing up in my church in Pennsylvania man I grew up in a church old school church wooden pews I'm not making this up wooden pews the comfort chairs we didn't have comfort chairs the only comfort we had were the splinters coming out of the pews man sometimes you would sit on them oh glory to God and you would get but I'm not making this up I grew up literally my, I grew up under the pews my, my parents would put me I would fall asleep and they would put me under the pews and then I would grow up they would put me on top of I would travel with my grandfather a preacher and I'm three years old four years old he would take me to a place y'all don't know called White Castle and get me some White Castle burgers the White Castle will clear you out baby in more ways than one 
and he would take me to White Castle. I would get a Coke and a White Castle with small fries and then it pivoted to McDonald's. But, but then I remember in the pews, go, go come into church. I'm, I'm not making this up. God is my witness. You would come to church in my church and you would come up. And in and, and, and my church, you would have to, you would come up. Pews, boy, wooden old school pews. No cushion. No cushion. No massage therapeutic incline rest. Lumber supporting, I want to help out your spine, spinal cord, and no, no. Oh, and you would, the first thing you would do, come up to church. And you had two choices. You would either go to the altar and pray or go to your pew and pray. The first thing you would do, come into God's house. They would come up and go like, oh. Some of them would do it just for a second. Like, seriously, I was, I would like, I was a kid. I would go like, that's like the most instantaneous prayer. They would come up and go like, I'm not making it up, like seconds, like, and I was going like, like, what just happened? But just the gesture of just saying, I'm nothing without you. You are bigger than me. I am not here for me. I am here for you. We need to come back to the altar. And I don't mean just this altar. By the way, I've been to famous places around the world. I, I know that by the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, all God. I've been to the White House. I've been to the Vatican. I've been to the United Nations. I've been to amazing places where great history has taken place. I want to show you a place where some big things have taken place. One, two, three, four, five feet, all the way across this place. I've, got, I've been to the White House, Congress, the Vatican. I've been to important places where things have taken place. This space that I just showed you, this is not a metaphor. Literally speaking, this place is famous because on so many occasions, the devil's been defeated right here. You missed it. Cancer was healed right here. Sins were forgiven. Bondages were broken. We've had drug addicts and alcoholics come here as drug addicts and never again get high, never again get drunk. Marriages have been restored right here. Demons have been rebuked right here. How many believe that there is still power in the name of Jesus and that there is still power that takes place when people respond? It's not limited to a physical space in front of a church somewhere in South Sacramento. It's not. Christ is the altar. We read it. This is altar right here. In your home, the side of your bed, that's your altar. Some of you have your car as your altar. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many pray in your car? How many pray in your showers? How many have ever prayed in your cars and people like do a double take and you make believe like you're talking on your Bluetooth? How many have done that? I've done that. I've done that. So help me God, I've done it. I've done it. I'm your pastor. I've done it. Because sometimes I get too into it. You know, your pastor gets into it. So I'm praying. I pray the way I preach. So I'm going like, oh God, oh God, just change the nation. Heal the nation. I'm like this. I'm on like, I'm on 99 going, heal the nation, God. Heal the nation. And I see, so help me God. I'm not making this up. Like to, like to, no, really. I see somebody looking at me and I'm going like, heal the nation. Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. Heal the nation. Bluetooth cover. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. He built an altar, he built an altar. He built an altar. He, the Bible says, I'm gonna rap. The Bible says the next thing God did is told him to go up to the hill country. So he went up. That's the altar of prayer. He went up, Genesis chapter 12. 
he went up to the hill country. In that hill country, he went higher. God took him higher. Ooh. He built an altar of praise, so God took him higher. He took him higher. And by taking him higher, the Bible says that he placed him in between Bethel and Ai. And that he built an altar there. He was aiming his tent towards Bethel, but he had a site of Ai, which is a city of ruins. He had two big cities around him. But he would be looking this way, but not neglecting the brokenness of this place. I want you to look up here. God wants you to build an altar where you are pursuing righteousness, loving Jesus, but you're not neglecting that there's a broken world out there. He wants you to build an altar of praise. The Spirit of God is telling you through his word and spirit. He wants you to build an altar of praise. He wants you to go deeper in praise and in worship because of him, not because of your circumstances. Because of who he is, not because of how you are. Out of revelation, not imagination. But then God is telling you, I want you to build for me an altar of prayer. I need you to pray more. You may say, Pastor Sam, but if God knows everything, what do we have to pray? What do we have to pray for? He established a system that if you pray, he will respond. It's that whole, you're created in my image. I don't want you to be puppets. I don't want it to be coerced or manipulated. I want it to come from you. Show me you want it. So if you pray, I'll do it. If you don't, I won't. Simple system. So we have to pray. Look up here. I'm a rap. Something got me this week. Wall Street Journal article came out on Thursday. I want you to Google this after the service. I really do want you to review it. Some of you saw this, Wall Street Journal. The life expectancy in America has dropped. We're now number 29 in the world. Japanese people live to the age of 84.1. Americans, 77 point something. All right? And by the way, ja interesting story. Japanese smoke more than any other developed nation. Yet they live longer. Interesting. You are what you eat. Both physically and spiritually. The Wall Street Journal said the reason why people are dying in America, the, the, the life expectancy is going down instead of going up. It's not because of increased cancer, diabetes, or heart ailment. Those things are actually becoming better, the numbers. You know what the article said? The word is this. Read it. I need you to look after service. It said, it broke my heart. Pastor Abe and I, you read it. You read the article? It messed me up. It said, despair. I, and she looked, I, she, we looked deeper. You know what it said? People are taking their lives. No, no, it's for the first time ever because of people taking their own lives because they think there's no hope. The life expectancy of America has dipped not because of an infirmity or a plague, but because people think there's no hope. There's hopelessness and despair. There have been more suicides in the past couple of years than ever before in American history. Taking their lives. I want you to hear me. Abram built an altar looking towards Bethel, but not ignoring the plight of I. He built an altar of prayer where he would. There's a world that's broken. I want to, if you're here in this audience or listening online anywhere around the world, I want you to hear me. You're created in the image of God. Your life has worth. I'm going to tell you how much so. Jesus died for you. For you to have eternal and abundant and new life. There is hope for you. His name is Jesus. If you're alive, it's because God's not done with you. Are you with me right now? But as a church, we need to pray and intercede for those that are right now desperate and broken. 
Are you with me right now? We need to be the answer to a broken world. So right now, look at me. Look at me for a second. Look at me. Look at me. We were talking. Matthew and I were talking. This is, this is crazy. Uh, Matthew, come up just real quick. He doesn't know this. This is impromptu. This real quick. Because I was about to include this in the narrative, and he comes down and pops this stuff up. I'm going like, all right, we're done. This is the stuff about social media. It's one of the reasons why they attribute to despair, right? I'm talking about building an altar of prayer through AI, looking at AI and aiming towards Bethel. So we look on Facebook and Instagram. Tell them what we see as human beings. As people, human beings, we go on Instagram and Facebook. What do we see every day posted? The highlight reel of people's lives. Say that one more time. The highlight reel of people's lives. So we see the highlight reel of people's lives. So do we ever see the hell they go through? No. Do we ever see the junk? No. The, 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 the temptations? No. The pits? No. The failures? No. Every once in a while they put pray for my family member or this or that if you're within the religious circles. But outside, all you see is what the highlight reel. That's right. So imagine me, dude, if I'm struggling in life and I don't have a highlight reel, and all I see every day is people succeeding, succeeding. What does that make me feel like a what? Like a failure. Yep. And all we do is go on social media and compare and see everybody else is, hey! When I'm going like, I, I'm trying to make ends meet, dude. I can't pay my rent in my yep. car. I don't even have kid, money for my kids for Christmas. And I'm seeing this. Do you follow what I'm saying? And we compare ourselves to the highlight reel. Makes people depressed and anxious. That, that, and it perpetuates that over time. In fact, the number two way millennials die according to the CDC is suicide. They've considered it an epidemic. I sense an anointing right now to do the following. I bind. I rebuke. The spirit of despair, hopelessness, and suicide. Oh, not only here, everyone listening online, but in all of your family members and all of our family members and all of our friends and followers, we bind depression, we bind despair, we bind hopelessness. As I speak right now, we unleash the joy of Jesus. We unleash the hope of Jesus. We unleash the power of Jesus. We unleash the love and the grace and the truth of Jesus. How about this? In the name of Jesus, I decree and prophesy in Jesus' name that not one more person will be lost out of our tribe. In Jesus' name, we speak right now for the emergence of a generation that will build an altar of prayer and we will see a generation renewed with hope and love and grace and power in Jesus name my God if you believe it give God a shout of praise in this place Just raise both hands. This is for someone here, whoever that is. This has been a year of a battle in your mind. There has been a battle, a battle for your peace and for your joy. And because of that battle in your mind, it paralyzed you this year. And you were not able to be as productive as you should have been for, your, for, for Christ, for the kingdom, for yourself, for your family. 
So you were stagnated because of the paralysis of your mind. Here's a word for someone here. This is different. This is not usually what happens at this moment in the message. But I'm going to give it to you as the Spirit of God is telling me to give it to you. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is what the Lord says. He said, the Lord says, <laughs> the Lord says, as we speak, God is healing your mind. Not just partial, but perfectly healing your mind. Where you're, the battle in your mind comes to an end today. Not only in your mind, the battle in your heart comes to an end today. So your hand will be more productive than ever before. As I speak right now, God is, as I speak right now, he's healing your mind. He's healing your heart. And the Lord says your hand will be more productive than ever before. If that's your word, praise like it's yours and worship like it's yours. And shout like it's yours. And rejoice like it's yours. And celebrate like it's yours. And acknowledge it like it's yours. I dare you to say my mind is new, my heart is new, I'm going to build like I've never built before, I'm going to build like I've never built before. So we're done, watch. Let me, let me wrap, 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 let me wrap. So he built an altar, Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis, we're done, just real quick. In Genesis chapter 13, he, Bible says that he built an altar in Hebron. He had a nephew named Lot, his family member. He had a nephew. He had. He trusted Lot, man. He trusted Lot. He trusted Lot. He trusted his own blood. Trusted him. And Lot comes around. He gives Lot a job. A job. Pays his rent. Gives him a salary to buy his own house. Hooks him up. Hooks him up. This is what Lot does. Lot looks at him and says... We grew too big. We, we can't be around each other. I got too much. I need some space. Abram could have said, I gave you all of this, man. You know what Abram says? Abram looks at him and says, we have issues. There's strife. So Abram says, you tell me how you want to solve it. He could have said, I'm going to solve it. You ungrateful fool. But he didn't. He lets this ungrateful You tell me how to solve it. You know what Lot says? Oh, it's up to me? Yeah, I'm going to let you tell me what, and whatever you say we'll do. I want all of this land over here. That's right. You see that casino city, that Sodom city? I went all the way to Sodom. Sodom, I like that place. That's party, party city. I want this. So Abram looks at him and says, that's what you want? Yeah, that's what I want. And Abram says, for peace, take it. I'm going to keep the rest looking the other way. And the moment he separated from him and made peace, the Bible says Abram built an altar. That's the altar of peace. Oh, by the way, if anybody, if you've been through a process where some of the people that were blessed through you turned their backs on you, don't hate them. Don't text some bad stuff. Don't post. Immaturity is when you go on social media and you indirectly try to post something about some. If you post something about somebody indirectly, it exposes your immaturity and your, your cognitive dissonance, your intellectual bandwidth deficiency. And then by the way, it reveals the fact that you're a foolish, immature person that needs to repent. Because even when you do it in the DL, if you really have Christ, you don't curse them off. You bless them and you continue to bless them. Are you with me? Pastor Sam, but they did something to me. They, they showed me something. They pointed me to heaven. 
Well, if they, if they point you to heaven with their hands, you need to lift them up in prayer. Are you with me right now? Are you with me? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to land. I'm going to finish it. Look up here. It was peace. It was peace, right? It was peace. Because to Abram, peace in the body, in the family, trumps everything. Peace in the body trumps everything. The, the, we just talked about the Wall Street Journal, people in despair, hopelessness. Where's the church? Where's the church? Where's the church? The, the church is the answer. But the problem is we have the church fighting within each other. We, we, we have, we, we're, still, we're still stuck on streams, man. We, we have, we have the, the, the Baptists here and the, the Pentecostals over here. And we, we have the evangelicals here. Then, then, then we have the different streams. The Calvinists, uh, the, uh, preord, preordination, predestined. I'm a reformist. I'm a Calvinist. I'm an Arminian. And people think you're from Armenia. You're not even Armenia. And they get it all wrong. And they all theological debates. And then, 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 then you have this. Then you have, oh, 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 oh. Uh, I can't worship with them. Why? Because they voted for that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't going to go to church with them because they voted for that guy. And then the other group says, well, you voted for that guy for eight years. So I ain't voting. I ain't going to your church. So you're telling me that what happens the, over there in the White House determines what happens in God's house? So we have the black church there. We have the white church here. The Latinos are confused. And the Asians don't even want to play because they say, you are crazy. All of you are crazy. We're going to stay. I, I'm going to prophesy. We're about to see multi-ethnic churches in every city in America. We're about to see churches that don't care about the color of skin or political ideology. I'm tired. I'm tired of a Republican church or a Democrat church. I'm looking for a holy church. I'm looking for a righteous church. I'm looking for an anointed church to stand up and come together and heal this broken world. We're done. Stand with me. We're done. We're done. We got to heal this. Abram's posture was so prophetic. I'm going to build an altar of peace. I'm going to seek peace in my family, in our church family. Can you keep, keep on? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Keep on playing. That's prophetic. Look up here. I'm going to tell you something I didn't say 9 o'clock. Didn't say it at 1030. It was just published yesterday. So it's all over the place. So you, you. Some of my staff knows, but they don't even know what just happened a few days ago. I'm moved by it. I'm going to tell you how we don't just talk about it here and yell about it. We do it. I was invited to a meeting at the White House. I was there for Obama, there for Bush. And when this president invites me to, to advice, I prophesy and I walk away. I literally prophesy and walk away. Just like I did for Obama and Bush. Lamb's agenda, baby. No donkey, no elephant. I sat down. Ivanka, the president's daughter, sat next to me. Jared, her husband. They told me, Pastor Sam, what's in your heart? I told them, you really want to know? I thought it was like table conversation, like for the sake of being courteous. 
And they said, no, we really want to know. I went, really? The Holy Spirit filled me, saints. I kid you not, I felt God just go whoop. And I went, you want to know? I want to heal this nation. They looked at me and said, all right, that's nice. Like, whatever, right? They go, how? I looked at him. It's over a year ago, May of a year ago, a year and a half ago. I said, this is how. We have a judicial system right now. That's not, it's not blind. They, they punish people of color in a way, in a disproportionate manner, especially for non-violent crimes. It's not right. We have African-American young boys that were jailed in California for three bags of weed. Never killed anybody, never raped anybody. They're serving life sentences because they sold three bags, nickel bags. You're telling me that for a nickel bag, you're serving a life sentence? You're telling me that's right in the eyes of God? There are things that have to happen. We have to fix this system. We have to redeem the system. There are people in jail who should be in jail, but there are people in jail who should not because it's not right that you couldn't afford a right lawyer and because you can't have the money, you can't have right representation. I went, so it's not right. They looked at me and said keep talking for one hour we talked why am I telling you this this is about the peace altar right why am I telling you this because Jared looked at me and said look at me reverend we're gonna make this happen what you just proposed I outlined it how to do it criminal justice reform the steps five steps ladies and gentlemen I'm here to tell you that 10 days ago the president of the United States signed into law what God gave me that day at the dinner table in the White House called the First Steps Act. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power when you stand up for righteousness and justice. There is power when you fulfill your prophetic calling. It's not about what we say, it's about what we do. Are you with me right now? Are you with me? We can change the world. You build an altar. You build an altar of peace. then in Genesis chapter 22 the Mount Moriah he God told them sacrifice Isaac and he, God had no interest in Isaac God was after Abraham's heart he built an altar there Christ the sacrifice given to us Christ is both the sacrifice and the altar isn't that amazing Lift up your hands. Look up here. So let me ask you again. At 1.30 on a Sunday afternoon from California. Are you a fighter or a builder? Are you going to spend the rest of your life fighting every single day? Or are you going to build and on occasion have to fight to protect what God... I want you to hear me. You, my friend, you... Are anointed to build let this church be a church of altar builders build something that your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children will say only God can you lift up your hands I want you to think about if I had space I would have altars here and this is I could look back in my life and say this is the altar of only God this is the altar of but God. This is the altar of God's favor. This is the altar of God's grace. This is the altar of God's love in my life. This is the altar of the turnaround. Build something. Build. Father, you told me to tell your children today.
to become master builders for the master. To build for you. To build with you. To build in you. For the glory of your name. You told me that as they build, you will fight for them. Matter of fact, you told me to tell them that many of them have been spending this year fighting instead of building. The, the enemy has been distracting and launching things to try to take them away from their building efforts. But there's a turnaround today under this anointing. You're going to take care of the battle if they take care of the building. As they build, you will fight for them. So today we decree and declare that the fight is over. The battle is over. And the building has begun. We're going to build altars for thy name's sake. Where Christ will receive all the glory. In every family, every home, every marriage, every life. In Jesus' name. If you receive this, raise your hand. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, today I stand committed. Just like Abram. In the lineage of Jesus. Today I stand committed. To building an altar of praise. An altar of prayer. An altar of peace and an altar of provision we edify these altars we build them spiritually relationally in service in community in love and in grace for generations to come and whatever I build for you through your strength with your resources there's not a devil in hell or a person on earth there's not a hurricane or an earthquake that will be able to demolish what we build together. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Give God your best shout of praise. Woo. If you got the word, raise one hand. If you really got it, raise both hands. run in my office right now get me my sword that's next to the wall run 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 brother Sean come up here take all these poinsettias when I tell you now take the poinsettias one by one no he'll do it take the poinsettias one by one and put them here in the middle right hold on hold on hold on hold on Armando needs to run did he run is he running A little bit of cardio. See, raptured on the way. Uh, somebody, Nathan, go to my office and run. I think he tripped and got lost trying to get the sword. It's just a sword in my office. You can't miss it. It's on the wall right there. You can. Yes. Come here, Armando. Armando, we were not talking about you at all whatsoever. Come up here. Nate, come up here with that sword. Come up here, Mondo. Take this, take the, the cover off. Take this. When I tell you now, build it. As he puts the altar together, 
all I want you to do is surround them like this. Just surround them. Because that's exactly what I saw. As we build, God will fight for us. And the angels of God will come down. You're gonna bring, you're gonna build an altar of points, set us. Because it's Christmas season, baby. So you're gonna you're gonna build an altar right here. You're gonna go around him, one angel on the other one, and you're gonna whatever comes your way, all right? So Lewis, Lewis, come up here, big. All I want you to do, you're here. All you're gonna do, and I'm gonna come this way. Ready? And all I'm gonna show you is when Lewis comes that way and I come your way, all you do is stop me from touching him. Because whatever we're illustrating here, I kid you not, is what God is doing upon every single family connected to this church. Are you with me? Nothing's going, the things that were able to touch you before will not be able to touch you again. You think I'm kidding? Watch. Go ahead, build, go, go ahead, build, Sean. Build, 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 build. Go ahead, build, 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 build. Build, 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 build. Lewis, try to go through. Try to go through. Try to go through. Try to go through. Build. Build something there. 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 Exactly what you see here, spiritually speaking, is what God is doing in favor of you and your family and your house. As you build, God has you. Nothing will be able to touch you. Nothing will be able to get close. Nothing will be able to touch you. Are you with me right now? Give God a shout of praise. Nothing will be able to touch you or hinder you from reaching. should not be doing do not give me any attention don't listen to the enemy's voice keep on building baby keep on building what God told you to build the enemy will do this hey come here and just have you look yeah never again will you be distracted by the enemy's plans you're not even gonna look this way are you with me keep on building 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 nothing will be able to touch you nothing will be able to harm you nothing will be able to have access to you you're covered by the blood you're covered by the word you're covered by the spirit raise your hand it's a poor man's illustration with a defined purpose but I hope you got it this is the first point set of altar in the history of the world lift up your hands father seal this in Jesus name in every heart so God just told you stop fighting spill I'll take care of the rest build build I got you build Build. Pastor Sam, but I'm fighting just to think of my family, my son, he's alcoholic, he's bound. Don't fight. Build. Build in your house. Build an altar. Fill your house with praise and prayer and peace and provision. God will take care of the rest. All right. That's it. I hope you got this word. 
want to unleash you for prayer for a second. Lift up your seed right now quickly. Lift up your seed. Lift up what belongs to God. Don't leave because we're going we're gonna to hit the altar. Right after this, I'm all, if you, I know there are people here that were desperate to run up and hit this altar. So you're going to come up and say, I'm building my altar. Where's that sword? Armando, don't tell me you took it back. Run, 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 run. Oh, I told him to run last time. Lift up your seat. If you have your seat, lift it up. Give me the sword. Somebody have a Bible? A physical Bible. Old school, OG Bible. It's all God wants you to do is do this. All God wants you to do some of y'all had the toughest year. Y'all wrecked, wounded, bruised. Y'all look sweaty, discombobulated. You've been through a process. The last couple of years, it's been a journey. All God wants you to do is, hey, 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 God's telling you is put it down. All God is telling you is put it down. Just lay it down, lay it down, lay it down, lay it down. You're so attached to it too. It's all you're used to is fighting. God is telling you, lay it down. Lay that one down. Pick this one up. Pick up the promises. Pick up the destiny. Pick it up. Lay it down. Lift up your seed in your hands right now as I speak. I sense an anointing. I'm trying to jump over the, the hurdle here. In your hands right now as I speak, what's in your hands I'm sorry, I gotta do this. There's, close your eyes for a second. I know this is weird for you, some of you, but it's, it's not, we're not weird, we're wired. But the, the spirit of God is flowing. There's somebody here who's actually contemplating, asking you, I don't know if this life is worth living, and you're here. Yeah. It's not even online. You're in, yeah. this, this, you're in this auditorium, and we have a packed house, and this, in this auditorium, I'm here to tell you right now, listen to me. This message was for you. And God loves you. And his promises for you are yes and amen. And he has great, he, did, he knew you by name before, you, before you, your parents knew you by name. He knew you by name. He called you. He, he, he destined you to see great things in his name for his glory. In Jesus' name, be delivered. Your thoughts of suicide end right here, right now. Those thoughts will never enter your mind. Not be, right now, there's a firewall, a righteous firewall, a firewall around your mind. Now, in the name of Jesus. Now, in the name of Jesus. Be set free. Be set free. Lift up your, lift up your seed. You have it? Let me see it. Lift, let, me, let me see it. Let me see what you have. Let me see. You have it? All right. Let me see it. Let me see. So, so Sister Yvonne right here. You see that seed? So the, the Bible says that, that because she is faithful to her tithes and offerings, the Bible, not me, Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, the Bible says that because she is being faithful in her giving to God, a portion of what he gave to her, 10%, and her offerings, that's her tip on the meal she received. The Bible says that right now as she is giving, God himself rebukes the devourer on her behalf. 
That means God tells the devil, don't touch her or her family. That's crazy because she's giving. Elder Carla's giving right now. That means that God says, not only am I going to rebuke the devourer, every time you give, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to bless you till it overflows. New Testament, give and it will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God will generously provide enough for you will have leftovers to become a blessing to someone else. So you're giving all these blessings. But the greatest blessing of your giving is that someone will not end up going to hell. Because via the conduit of your giving, the gospel is being preached around the world. And this church receives emails from people around the world saying, I came to Jesus. We literally have received emails from people that were in witchcraft, in addiction, from other religious groups that are not Christianity, saying they were set free because of this ministry, new season. So right now, if you have your seed, repeat after me. With the seed, in the name of Jesus, for the glory of his name, we change the world. Go ahead, pass the baskets real quick, real quick, real quick. dismiss you if you're ready to put your sword down if you're ready to put your sword down and you're ready to start building your altar if you say Pastor Sam I've been fighting and God told me today I should be building I get it I want to be like Abram an altar builder yeah that's me that's me if, if you need to do that in your family your home your marriage your ministry if you have to get your life right with God if you're here you say Pastor Sam wow I want to get my life right with God. Yeah, I need Jesus. I need everything. He's telling me he did everything for me. He did. He is the sacrifice. He's the altar and the sacrifice. Yeah, he paid the price. Yes. And then you live, you live continuously for him as a living sacrifice. Your body as a temple, Romans 12, 1. So when I dismiss you now, I, want you, I don't even want you to walk, man. If you're saying, I'm going to put my sword down. Some of y'all should be like running, putting it. I'm done, man. Some of y'all got to put the sword down and a couple of switchblades. <laughs> I'm serious. 
Because you, you say you put the sword down, but then you keep a couple in your pocket just in case. And you've been doing the little battles and wasting time on little battles. I'm preaching to seven people right now. Put the, put the sword, the switchblade, put whatever you have. Put it down and build. Your season of fighting comes to an end right now. You're going to be a master builder for the master. Ooh. So you're, you're joining hands. Let me encourage you to be here on Wednesday. I, last Wednesday, we had an amazing turnout. I mean, it blew me away. People came from all over the place for the Wednesday. God showed up. We had a Christmas message, uh, a Christmas series message that we preached. And then, but this Wednesday, I'll be preaching, but I'm one of three preachers. I'll be preaching for seven minutes. Two other speakers will likewise be preaching for seven minutes. The other speakers are Pastor Nathan and Pastor Monica. <laughs> Pastor Jeremy... Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Maya, we had, we had a church on Wednesday. We had a fun time. They have these amazing, Pastor Maya has a, the most redemptive, she, she's going to sing about how when Frosty the Snowman met Jesus. Okay, yes, yes. Is that right? Yes. Yes? That is true. The, you don't want to miss it. Frosty and Jesus in the same sentence. Wow. Only at new season. What, what are you going to sing? What are you going to sing about? Whatever she sings. Are you married? My man, that's the way you do it. Whatever she sings. That's the way to avoid the drama, my man. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Whatever she sings, that's the way to do it. That's the altar of peace. Go get him, Abram. That's what I'm talking about. He's building it. Join hands of your neighbors. Seriously, when is going to be fun? Next Sunday, we continue our Christmas series. So next Sunday, I'm going to talk about Isaac and Jacob. Abram built the altars. Isaac dug the wells. So we're going to talk about digging up the wells and then Jacob, it's going to be fun. So be here next Sunday. Don't miss it. Invite your friends, invite your enemies, invite your in-laws. You're joining hands. You're joining hands. Beautiful. And don't forget, the moment we dismiss, if you have to put a sword down, you need prayer, run up to the elders. Run, 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 run quickly. And ushers, help them out, please. If you're here for the first time, I want to meet you right over here and greet you. I personally want to meet you, so come here. I want to greet you. Pray.com. Let's do it. Look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, I'm putting my sword down. Look at your other neighbor and tell him, neighbor, I've been fighting for a long time. It's in his hands now. He fights while I build, and I'm going to build something great for him. May the strength of the Father the grace of the Son, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Make this week the best week of your life. So new season, it's not rhetoric. We're literally doing it. Let's do one thing together. Let's go change the world. We love you. God bless you. You're a